listening to the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by the Envision Advisors at Your Castle Real Estate. What's up, everyone? Chris Lopez here, and welcome to another Drinks and Deep Dive. So today, we're going to talk about showing trends. They are changing here in Denver. We're going to go through a duplex that a client recently purchased in Denver and go through about how it's a great long-term investment while also matching up what his investment goals are as an out-of-state investor. Then we'll go through a couple of common questions that clients have been asking us recently. And my co-host today is Preston Newberry. Preston, how are you? I'm doing great, Chris. How are you? Doing really good. I'm enjoying uh, enjoying the shows here as we're getting a better rhythm yeah, with them. Getting a better rhythm, having a lot of fun, just yeah. digging into some deals and enjoying it. Yeah, it's all it's all coming together, it yep. feels like, for this show. So one thing I want to mention again before we jump into our first factoid is I mentioned this last week, but we are starting to redo our whole ADU or Accessory Dwelling Unit uh, podcast series. We did it two or two and a half years ago, the first version. A lot has changed. We're doing a second version now. So I've got a two-question survey I'd love people to fill out. It'll be in the show notes and the comments here. Uh, but one question about what questions do you have? The other is we're looking to connect with experts around Denver that have built ADUs, that have financed ADUs, that you know, know all the different aspects of ADUs and have also, and we also want to connect with people that have built ADUs themselves to potentially come do some video walkthroughs. So if you have any interest in ADUs, please fill out that survey. So going to our factoid today. So what we're going to talk about here is just showing trends. So, you know, every month we typically cover this uh, in our monthly market update, but we want to talk about today because we just came out, this just came out a few days ago. And what this does is this shows how many showings are scheduled through, you know, the common showing service that realtors and clients use to book showings, how many showings are per property. Now you can see this year in 2021, that purple line up there, we've been very high. Like we've been in the twenties and the average for many of the last couple of years have been between like 10 to 14. Yep. So almost a 50% increase in some instances over showings per property. Now, to paint a picture of the graph, for those who can't see, in April, we were at 21. In May, we are at 18. In June, we are at 14. So it very much looks like a very steep hill. Normally, we're between like 8 and 10 in June, but we're at 14. So showings are dropping off a lot. Preston, you've got listings. You're out there helping clients on the buy side. So you're, you know, you get feet, a foot in each side. Yeah, of we're the playing both sides out the there. right now for sure. What are you seeing out there? What's it like, you know, in the trenches? Yeah, I mean, we're definitely, you know, it's still competitive. There's still a lot of active buyers out there. We're definitely above, you know, record normals for what we're seeing for showing activity. But I think the correlation between when the world opened back up again and people were able to get out and do stuff and the showing traffic decrease is probably a pretty good indicator of, you know, what's going on right now. People are traveling. They're getting back to doing things. Some of the buyers have pulled out of the market a little bit because they got discouraged or whatever the case may be. So yeah, we've definitely seen a little bit of a slowdown in some of the showing traffic, but the serious competitive buyers and sellers are still out there doing stuff and we're still, you know, competing with multiple offers and have a lot going on. So, so going back from now to two months ago, back to April, May, like mm -hmm. what, what's the offer process look like or how competitive is it? Hey, you're out there just looking at a, you know, a, a duplex or single family home, you know, typical residential property that we help people invest in. Yeah. What's I the feeling like? The feeling is still, you know, like I said, very competitive, but I think buyers are becoming a little bit more 
subdued and kind of what they're throwing for offers out there right now. I mean, good properties that are priced well in nice areas are still going to drive 15, 20, 30 offers we're seeing. But, you know, we're not just seeing buyers throwing crazy offers out there that they're not 100% committed to the property. Whereas previously, people were just doing whatever they could to get under contract. And we were seeing some stuff fall back out, you know, after a week or two or whatever, because buyers got cold feet because they were just so anxious to get something under contract. I think we're seeing a lot more serious stuff happening right now um, and not as much craziness with people just trying to get something under contract. And I think it was two weeks ago, you had a listing for a, you know, four bedroom Two and a half bath house, Nevada. Yep. Um, you know, off, uh, you know, up in Nevada. Tell us about that and how many offers you get because that, you know, went went recent. Yeah. So that was something we were, you know, a little bit unsure of how it was going to go because we went live the weekend before Fourth uh, of July, which is typically not a great time to do it, you know, seasonality wise and. We'd started to see some of the showing trends and, and showing traffic drop off, but it was one of those things where we knew it was either listed then or we we're going to have to wait till after the 4th of July. So we went ahead and made the decision to list it. Um, and we ended up having uh, over 65 showings um, in two and a half days um, and fielded over 20 different offers on the property. Wow. So we were pleasantly surprised with that, just knowing what we were seeing out in the market. But I think that just goes and speaks to the fact that, hey, if you have you know, property in the right place, it's priced correctly. And that was a ton of the feedback that we got was like, hey, it was priced right. You guys did your job and that's going to drive offers. All right. So moving on to our deep dive here, this is going to be a a uh, duplex we're talking about, Preston, that yep, an out-of-state client uh, purchased fairly recently. I need a minute to pull up the spreadsheet. We kind of give some backstory on the client and his goals while I get the spreadsheet pulled up, if you could. Yeah, absolutely. So this is a client that reached out to us uh, from out-of-state, um, very well educated buyer, knew what he wanted to do, wanted to invest in Denver, um, has a full-time job, didn't want to have anything that was going to require a ton of time on his part, but he knew the real the, the expectations of investing in Denver and investing out of state were fitting his profile, right? And for him, it was not about cash flow. It was more about just taking, you know, some of the money that he had and putting it in a property that was going to allow him to ride the appreciation wave. And as long as it wasn't going to cost him a lot of money every month to subsidize it, that's what he wanted. And it's it's part of his plan. He's going to invest in property every single year. His goal is to buy one property in Denver every year for the next five to seven years. Um, I think eventually he'll end up moving out here at some point, but um, he just wants to to be in the market and was tired of sitting on the sidelines. And what's very interesting about this client, because I think we started talking to him like I think it was last year, yeah. or maybe or maybe uh, really beginning of this year. But he also, you know, he he's on Wall Street. Mm-hmm. I think he's in private equity or you know some some type of funding up there. So he's very familiar with the equities world and how Wall Street works. And it's been very interesting talking with him. And hey, what he's doing on there, you know, for investing. Yeah, what, what are the big boys doing, right? Like, <laughs> and also why he's diversifying the real estate. And it's very interesting his perspective, like where cash flow was not his main priority. No. Um, do you recall any specifics? I mean, this was months ago. I remember talking to him, but it was, I remember found it just very enlightening because like, cool, here's a very smart guy in the financial world and it's his perspective and a very detailed analysis on the types of properties he was looking for. Yeah, and I think that was a thing that you and I both really enjoyed about working with him as he came to us with a plan. He said, hey, this is what I want to do. I want to execute execute this. I know you guys can help me make it happen. Um, and he took his knowledge of, you know, what he does day in and day out uh, for his, you know, for his career and realized that, for him to get in the market and do what he wanted to do, starting in a market that was like Denver, where he could ride the appreciation wave and didn't have to worry about the cash flow every month and could start getting into real estate and taking what he's learning from, you know, everything that he does all day long and, and start to build his own portfolio. Because as we all know, that's why we're here, right? We want to invest in real estate and um, and look for the long term. All right. So we're going to move to the spreadsheet here. Uh, we have got numbers. 
Thank you, Chris. And we will start plugging them in. So this is a duplex in Arvada. And I mean, this is a great location because it was not too far from Old Town, right? Not too far from Old Town. It's really close to the light rail that they've got installed up there. Um, really close to a lot of amenities, restaurants, shopping, all that kind of stuff. Um, so really, really a good part of town. So what was the purchase price? Uh, purchase price was 715000 Okay. 25% down payment? Yes. Approximate acquisition cost? Yeah. He was in it for just under uh, 200000 Okay. So acquisition about 10000 15, 15. 15. Yep. All right. Uh, and then as far as initial repair cost, did he have to put any money in here to get the property up to spec? What no, was the condition that was, of it? That was a great thing about this property and what fit his box, right? We always talk about, hey, what is our client's box? How can we you know, find something that's going to work for them? So uh, this property was completely turnkey. Um, the previous owners had done a ton of work to it. I mean, they put a new roof into it. They rehabbed both units. It was an up-down uh, duplex, so they rehabbed both units. Uh, the boiler had been updated within the last few years. We actually got them to replace the water heater as well uh, before closing. Um, so sewer line had been done. I mean, this place was oh, wow. ready to go. It had one tenant in place, um, and one of them actually vacated right as we were under contract because of all the COVID stuff happening, which actually turned out to be great for us because their lease was up in a few months anyway, so they just vacated early and allowed our client to be able to get at least up after closing with a new long-term lease. Wonderful. So completely turnkey, good to go. Yep. Um, and so, like you said, new roof and new sewer line and new boilers. I mean, those are big CapEx items too. Big that CapEx items. Yeah, sewer lines are not cheap. No. Roofs aren't cheap. And neither are boilers, right? No. But in a house of this age, um, having the boiler is going to be way more efficient than what we typically see with normal furnaces, right? As long as it's been serviced and updated and, and kept up. So, you know, boilers will last 25, 30. I mean, I've seen some that are 80 years old in some of these older buildings, right? But as long as you keep up with them, the maintenance cost is, is going to be less and the replacement cost is, is going to be better for the client in the long run. What was the interest rate on this property? 3.875. And that's 30 year fixed, right? 30 year fixed, conventional. All right. Thanks to our friends over at Castle and Cook. Now, rents. What's that like? Uh, yeah, so rents, the upper unit was rented for 1895, or actually 1995. They just upped that one. And then the lower unit, they got leased up at $2,000. All right. So about just under $4,000 a month total in gross rents. Property management, I'm assuming yes, since he's out of state. Yep, yes, for property management. Um, I think he's just at 9%. Monthly uh, reserves and maintenance, I mean, what, 5% since it's a turnkey yeah, property? Yeah, I would run it at 5%. I mean, obviously, we're very conservative when we underwrite stuff. I think our client is using 8% for his own um, spreadsheet, but I think, you know, 5% is probably very workable for this property. I mean, that's why I run at least for the first few years. It yep. should be, you know, knock on knock wood, wood, right? <laughs> should, it should be minimal stuff. Yep. Uh, okay, so HOA, no. Taxes? Uh, taxes are just under $3,000, so 2903 Insurance? Uh, $2,600. Okay. Now what about utilities? So this is where things get a little bit different with this place is that there are not currently a rub system, utility bill back system in place, right? So that's one area that we that our client can improve on and he's going to work on that with property management. But for him, it was more important to just get the property stabilized, get everything done, and then they can work on that as leases turn or as tenants extend leases and things like that. So um, water and sewer is going to be about fifteen fifty a year. Okay. Trash? Trash, we're going to run at $300 a year. So uh, Arvada just implemented a new citywide trash program, um, which is really cool because it reduced the trash cost for a lot of the residents. And it's something now, just like Denver, um, they bill back to the tenants you know, on a, on a quarterly basis, I believe. And it's going to be about 25 to 30 bucks per property per month. Wow. Okay. Yeah. 
and that's and they even give you the free trash cans wow yeah electric is it separate metered electric is separately metered so that's all going to be tenant's responsibility what about gas you uh, said a boiler so probably yeah so single meter single meter on the gas um gonna hopefully somewhere you know they're kind of getting everything stabilized right now but should be around 150 bucks ish a month so we'll just call it 1800 bucks a year okay and that was one thing i mean we noticed like right after it closed there was a a very a higher than expected gas bill yep which hey you know we were chatting about that back and forth and just you know gave some thoughts and you know he's got the property manager digging into it which is what you have which property managers do have a property manager yeah. right they, they can be the bad guy <laughs> yeah so i mean we expect to be around that because that's more in line with what we see with other properties especially yep. as a boiler system should be more efficient any other expenses on here uh landscaping um okay we're gonna underwrite about a thousand dollars a year for snow removal lawn care stuff like that there's a sprinkler system here so um you know they're gonna want to keep up with the lawn and all that so just about a thousand bucks a year to to be conservative okay now those rent numbers you gave above 1995 and 2000 do those include the utility bill back in there yeah so those are inclusive okay. of utilities right now and so we just took the, cause that's what we're estimating as far as like, can there, is there more room to add utilities on top of that? Yeah, I think you could probably do a utility bill back of about a hundred bucks a month per, per unit. Okay. So right now standing as is with those numbers, you can see it comes down here. It's about a break even cash flow, negative $600 for the year, which is a negative 0.3% cash on cash return and a 4.1% cap rate. So here's where it gets interesting. Uh, let's go back and actually change the utility numbers around some. I'm sorry, the written numbers of utilities. You were staying on top of this another $100? Yeah, I would say that's pretty conservative. 75 to 100 bucks a month per unit. Uh, so I'm gonna come in here and just add $100 per unit on there. And that's where it changes from a 4.1 to a 4.4% cap rate. And so three tenths of a point. Flow, right? Yep, it's significant and positive cash flow. So this is always an important thing to look at as you're looking at properties, especially underwriting them. And you know, even once you kind of get through your initial due diligence phase is, you know, don't get too fixated on like a hard number. Like, oh, this has to be above a 4.5% cap rate because I mean, $50 a month in extra rent or utilities can move it one or two tenths of a point. Exactly. And $50 a month is not a lot of money. Like yeah, you're not really going to see that, right? Yeah. No one should. There's so many different levers that you can pull to yeah. get the numbers where you want them to go. Um, and that was something that was really nice about working with this client is he, he was very open to that and very understanding of like, hey, I know this is all very fluid, but like this fits for where I want to be and what, what works for me. So still getting a great return on the overall money. And we're talking, you know, 20, you know, mid 20% returns between appreciation, cash flow, depreciation, debt pay down. And for appreciation, let me see what variable. Yeah, we've got a 5% appreciation rate in there, which is very reasonable. And I think the 3% rate increase is probably pretty conservative as well, especially for the market that we're in here in Denver. I think that, you know, 5% is probably going to be a little bit more likely and accurate, especially as we move into 2022 and 2023. And it seems like rents are uh, going up this year. Yep. And they're finally creeping up and uh, catching on to where housing prices have gone. <laughs> And the fact that there's not enough supply. Yep. So one of the things I know for this client is, you know, he was, he's very much, I'll say more like trend focus uh, in terms of investing where, hey, Denver is a great market that's growing. As you said, just ride that wave of growth. And he was much more interested in just equity and appreciation build. That right? was like one, one of his main yeah, goals, right? that was his right? main goal, right? And if you go and look at the long-term analysis for him, looking at years five to seven, 
he's basically going to be doubling what he put in his equity, right? So his $200,000 is now going to become, um, you know, over 400,000. Okay. So we are at year five here. Oh, give me a second. All right. So we're looking at year five on the long-term analysis spreadsheet and then total equity estimated year five is $428,000. And he was all in for just around $200,000. So double between some debt pay down that his tenants were yep. paying for and the appreciation side. And knowing that his plan all along is to refinance in five to seven years anyways, this is gonna allow him to take some of that equity and go buy another property. And that's the plan, right? Yep. All right. And so this is where it gets very interesting. It's like, you know, this is where you have to look at like, what you, I'm saying, not you, press me, you know, the listeners out there, what your goals are, what your plans are, what do you want to achieve and match it up with the market? Because we always tell people, hey, cool, here's a Denver market. Mm -hmm. I'm holding my hand like a circle and we can't change the Denver market. Um, we have to take what it gives us, right? Exactly. And then, you know, Denver market. And then, you know, we've got people's personal goals here. You know, does their personal goal circle overlap with a Denver market circle? And if where it overlaps, that's where you can make something happen. That's if, a sweet spot, right? Yeah, and that's <laughs> and that's the reality of it. So be like, oh, I want a 12% cap rate property. Cool, Denver's not the place Great. for you. Yeah, we, <laughs> Denver's <laughs> we not the place right for now. it. I don't know any markets that are doing that right now. Yeah. Um, but if, you're, if your expectations don't match up with the reality of the market, uh, that's where it gets difficult. But if you're expectations and goals work with the market, great, dude. If they don't, figure out a different option, a different investment or a different market. I mean, yeah. that's what it comes down to. You gotta be able to adapt and you know work with what you've got and everyone's a little bit different, right? Some people are more focused on cash flow. Some people are more focused like our client here on you know the long-term and riding the appreciation wave. So there's no right or wrong answer. It's just about understanding and setting the expectations and knowing what, what works for you and is that gonna work in the market that you're trying to invest in? So this property is a very much a win. I mean, you know, something, those keep in mind, it's a great location. It's in great shape. Numbers are solid and it fits our investors or our clients' uh, goals and strategy. Yep. So it checks the boxes, move forward, ride the wave, and then in five years, seven years, pull out cash, refinance it, buy more properties. And by then he'll have three or four other properties and you just, you know, waterfall down the line and keep on doing it. All right. So anything else you want to mention about this property press before we move on? No, I think we covered a lot of it. I mean, it's just, you know, it's one of those things. Don't get so fixated on, you know, one part of the transaction or one part of the analysis and understanding, you know, what's going to work for you. And is that, you know, does that fit your, your client profile? All right. So moving on to our questions here. So I always like to, you know, when guests come on, I always ask them, hey, what questions are you hearing? Yep. Now, obviously, you know, we do a lot of work with the same clients, Preston. So I hear questions. You hear some different questions as well, though. So, you know, over the last month or, you know, month and a half, what questions are you hearing frequently from clients as you're out there getting properties on contract, wheeling, dealing, all that stuff? I think one of the biggest ones that I end up talking a lot about with clients in this property just fits that as well is, you know, what's going on with cap rates, right? Everyone kind of uses that as a, as a base metric to... To analyze properties and you know we've definitely seen cap rates compress a little bit i mean looking at this property for instance i mean a year and a half two years ago this would have been over a five cap right but we're starting to see you know as prices have come up and you know rents are slowly starting to creep up but they haven't been over you know the last 18 months is that cap rates are going to compress interest rates are still low so you know the spread is still there but it's definitely understanding that you're going to be losing out a little bit on the cash flow and understanding that this market cool is now you know riding that appreciation cycle and being comfortable with that and that's that's a really important point to like, you know, I think it's always an important point to like hit home with people is that, you know, for this type of financing that this client uses duplex, it's a 30 year fixed. 
That is your biggest expense you have on the property. And if you come back to that long-term analysis tab on the spreadsheet here and you look at cash flow, we'll go back to year five, cash flow is going to be at $500 a month then, yep. you know, close to, or just under $500 a month, about $5,500 a year in cash flow. So that's also assuming other expenses go up with taxes, insurance, and all the, the other stuff. Rents are going up, right? Rents are going up. And again, we have a pretty conservative rent number in there right now, but we've been seeing the last few months, both in Denver and the spring, some pretty significant rent jumps as people have renewed properties or they've gone out there and, you know, gotten new tenants got in there. Tenants and I mean, we've beat the performance ones by $100 or $200 a month, which is, it changes the numbers a lot. A lot. And I think the other thing to keep in mind is, you know, inflation, right? As we start to move through the rest of this year and into 2022, I think, you know, we're all waiting to see how that's going to play out. But typically, whenever, you know, we start to see inflation on the rise, rents are going to come up a little bit. And that's going to be better from a, a landlord's perspective because it's just going to help the bottom line. All right. Another question said people are asking is what is happening with interest rates? Yeah, I mean, that's all a correlation to cash. That flow, happens right? all the it time. It happens all the time. Um, but I think, you know, interest rates, as we've watched what the feds are doing and, and knowing that they say they're not going to, you know, raise anything right now, we did see a little bit of a dip in interest rates over the last couple of weeks. Um, I haven't checked here at the beginning of the month to see kind of where things are at now, but it's good to know that they're staying steady. If not, you know, they're not moving around a whole lot. So that is very, you know, instills a lot of confidence in, in buyers right now to keep pushing forward. And, you know, even if they feel like they're paying a premium for properties, knowing that they're locking that in for, you know, 30 years. Yeah. Cause I mean, for investment properties, depending on, you know, kind of down payment range and you know, a couple other options we're seeing over from about, you know, a little above mid threes to low fours, you know, in that 15, 25% down range. And then for, you know, owner occupied properties, I mean, we're still seeing stuff in the sub three, like, you know, two and a half to low 3% yeah, range. On a couple properties last month between, you know, 2.6 and 2.8. Yeah. Which is still crazy. crazy. So even as we've seen headlines of interest rates go up, all this stuff, like in the long run, they're still very good. They're still below cap rates, which is an important metric want. to yep. look at. And I mean, don't know how long that will last for, but take it while you can and lock in the money. Uh, so interest rates, your predictions, they'll hold steady. I think they'll hold steady at least through the end of this year. I think, you know, 2022 could be a different story, but at, the, at this time, let's just take it and run with it. Great. All right. So cover the showing trends. We got the property, covered some questions. What else? What questions or is there you, anything else? No, nah, I was going to say, what questions are you hearing from clients, Chris? I mean, obviously you have a lot of conversations with people, but let's throw it back at you. What questions am I hearing? Oh, I hear, let's see, what was the most recent question I've heard? Um, I mean, I get this a lot is just, is a good time to buy? And again, it's very much loaded question. It is. Uh, and it just goes, goes back. It depends is the answer. It depends on the person's goals. I mean, I'm in our contracting place right now and I'm closing next week. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a good property. I mean, nothing, it's not a smoking deal or anything. It's no home run, but no. it's still a solid base hit, right? But it hits my goal. If I can buy one or two properties a year, I'm happy. That's that's my goal. And I actually locked in, you know, cheap financing on there to go acquire it. So it's a good time to buy. I think it still is because interest rates are still staying low. Prices, they should stop appreciating quite as fast but I think they will continue to appreciate and then, but also hold high cash reserves. But my time horizons, I'll hold this property for, I would think at least five years, mm -hmm. maybe seven years and look at pulling out equity from a, a sell or a refi and then go out there and reposition it. So that's the question I get a lot. And I think the answer is generally yes, as long as you kind of meet these other, other, check these boxes with high cash reserves and you have a long-term horizon, uh, you know, it's very hard to lose money in real estate. 
It is. And I think that's one thing that a lot of investors always look back on because you can ask a lot of experienced investors that same question. Is it a right time to buy? And I think 99% of them will all say, I wish I would have started sooner. Yep. That's yep. what everyone said. I wish I bought more back then. I, I buy yep. more. Yep. So awesome. Well, Preston, this has been great. Thank you for taking time. I know you got properties you're wheeling dealing on. So thank you. And, you know, audience, please uh, submit your questions out here. If there's topics that you want us to do a deep dive into, email me, reach out to us. Um, let me know and join us. We're live every Wednesday at 12. They come to the podcast the following week and we got lots of fun stuff with the show plan as we upgrade it. We're going to add some sound effects, visualizations. We're going to make it a better show is one of our goals for the summer. So thanks everyone. We'll see you next week. 